So this is the Unpopular Culture Stream. And what we've been looking at this week is based on a book that you can get in the bookshop, written by Governor B, or Young Man Isaac, as I call him, because uh, I'm like his dad. Um, yeah, I'm doing my best to be cool up here, but I'm just not, so I'm just going to go with it, yeah? Um, so this book on popular culture is about how we, including me, but particularly you as a generation, can exist in the world around you, uh, but not give in to what is the popular culture and all the influences that are coming your way. And hopefully this week you will have felt equipped uh, to go back home and to be in the unpopular culture, to stand apart, but knowing that you couldn't be more popular with God your Father than you could try. He just loves you so much and he's with you and he's for you. And we're going to continue that theme today. Ben Rowe in a moment is going to come and speak to us on a number of things around the Holy Spirit. Um, so in a moment, I'm going to get him up. Do you want me to introduce you? Like, do you want to... Who's heard of Ben Rowe? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I won't give him a big introduction, but what I'd love to do is get Ben up and pray for him and you and then let him speak. Ben Rowe, everybody. Lord God, I want to thank you for the words of truth you've been bringing to us all week. I want to thank you, Holy Spirit, that during this week your anointing has been in this room. I thank you for all the amazing works you've done uh, in literally hundreds of individuals. And I want to pray that continues today. Would Ben's words come full of grace and truth, Lord? And I pray for all of us listening that you would help us get rid of the distractions and be open-hearted and open-minded to receive the nuggets of gold that are going to come our way. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Okay, great. Well, it's really exciting to be with you guys um, this morning um, and been hearing loads of great things. Those of you that have been journeying through the week, um, hopefully it's served you well. Um, and just want to get quite real this morning in the sense of you've been dealing with some quite big subjects uh, but want to encourage you that there's a bigger subject when you go back home, and his name's God. Uh, and so every mountain that you face in culture when it comes to sex and when it comes to violence and everything else that you guys have been looking at, uh, there is hope when it comes to doing life with God. And it doesn't just mean hope for you, uh, but it means hope for the people around you. You see, God's not called you to survive through life. He's not saying, come into relationship with me, and then when you go back to school, when you go back to college, or go off to university, you've got to put the flat jacket on, you've got to put the crash helmet on, and just sit in the corner, and hide, and survive until you're old enough, mature enough, maybe to walk away from these things. Because let me tell you this for free, when you get older, like really old, like my kind of age, do you know it's still a real battle out there in culture? So there's still loads of my mates that love to go and party, they love to go drinking, they love the cocaine and the pills and the raving, they love to go sleeping around, they love to get in fights and all that kind of stuff. And so it isn't about survival till you get to a certain age. It's about realisation, revelation of who God is and the power that he invests inside of you. When I was growing up, I used to wrestle with all kinds of things as a young guy around the age of sort of seven or eight, I made a commitment to Jesus, uh, another rival uh, festival in the summer, uh, and we love those guys, so I'm only joking, but a soul survivor, went along, 
was filled with the Spirit uh, and had an incredible time. Um, but quite soon into my sort of early teens, um, decided to live my own life, really. I turned away from Jesus uh, and just to live the life that was, was for myself. And did the usual things that you would expect. But I want to say to you, when people say things like that, can we please start to change that language? Uh, we don't want a generation that grows up expecting to engage with drink and drugs and sex and violence and all the rest of it. Listen, I know it's out there, but God's calling a generation to come forth. It doesn't say that's the norm. The norm is that I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to follow purity. I'm going to stand up and I'm going to make a stand with my mates. So that's the generation that we're wanting to come through. But I want to just say, I really battled with it, and I didn't see anything sort of wrong particularly. It was, it was very quick for me to land in a place where I was like, do you know, I don't even mind doing this stuff. I don't feel particularly guilty about this stuff even. For some of you, you've come to this place uh, this week, and you're sort of like, I'm wrestling with this stuff. I wasn't in that place at all. I was very happy to go out uh, midweek or on the weekends, whatever, and drink and do cocaine and do pills and all the rest of it. And I was pretty good with that, to be quite honest with you. By the time I got to 17, 18, um, I'd uh, gotten a little bit of trouble with the police here and there, and things were getting a little bit more heavy, um, so there was a few things that I was up for that uh, could have resulted in um, actually going uh, to juvie and doing all that kind of stuff, and ended up not happening, and I ended up having about three moments, and the biggest moment was I had these two guys that were after me. And I was someone growing up that just thought I was the boy, you know. I used to go into all the local pubs at the age of 17, and I'd strut in there and think, you know, everyone knows me, and it's all great, and all the rest of it. Looking back, I was just some little kid that was going into a pub that most people would have been thinking, who's this boy? But that was what was going on in my head. And these two guys were after me, and I'll be completely honest with you, I was absolutely, can I say, cucking my pants. They were nasty characters. And if they got hold of me, and I was getting phone calls from people saying, if these boys get hold of you, it's, it's going to be a nasty ending. So I had a choice. It was either you, you step up and something's going to have to really go down, uh, or you're going to have to just leave. Uh, and I took the option to leave. And I thought it'd be a really good idea to go to Magaluf to sort my life out. Uh, so I went to Magaluf and became a sales rep. Uh, don't go there. If you've never been there, never go there. It's not worth going there uh, at all. It's an absolute hole. Um, not all of it, but you know, don't go and sort your life out there. Uh, and if I've never met anyone since, but somehow I managed to get fired um, from the job that I had in Magaluf. So I got put on a plane and sent back home. And do you know, I didn't leave my house for about three weeks because I knew that these boys were after me and I knew that they'd find me um, because where I grew up wasn't a huge place. Uh, it was a town on the south coast down in South Kent. Uh, and so I just stayed in my house. And my mum and dad were a little bit like, what, what are you doing? Why are you here? And obviously I didn't want to talk to them about it or anything like that. And then eventually I moved to Southampton. And my sister was down there at university, and I ended up getting a job as an estate agent, and I met the beautiful wife, uh, Vicky, uh, and uh, I was still really struggling with all this stuff. And then Vicky becomes a Christian, and that changed quite a lot. Um, she, she was worse than me, actually, but she became a Christian, and her life radically changed. I mean, you know those moments, you might have seen it with some of your friends. I mean, one day she's one girl... And she had a real potty mouth, I mean, really, really bad. Uh, and the next day, she's just this, this, this other girl. And it was amazing. But for me, I was like, I'm still wrestling with this stuff. And we started going along to church, and we're listening to talks, and we're hearing of stories happening with other people. But on the weekends, I was just still really wrestling. 
I was still really wrestling with just wanting to go out and party. Uh, I was a big drum and bass fan, and um, I'm getting booed a lot for that kind of stuff now. But it was good back then, trust me. Uh, and I still used to love going out. I was still getting into fights. I was still having lapses with, uh, with the drugs and the drink and all that kind of stuff. I was sitting in church, sometimes on the front row, with a face that looked like, yeah, I'm interested, but really inside I was still really battling. I battled with pornography growing up, and that was just the norm for all the guys that were growing up around me as well. So all this stuff was going on, and I get to this place where I become a Christian. And one of the ladies says to me, she says, you know who Jesus is, but you've got to make a decision. Do you want to follow him? And I'm like sort of thinking, do you know what? Deep down in my heart of hearts, I've always wanted to follow Jesus, but I just can't. I can't do it. No matter how hard I try, no matter what I do, I always seem to stuff up. I always seem to get it wrong, and I still seem to battle with the same things I battled with when I was 14, and now I'm like 21, 22, 23, and even just recently, a a few years back, and, and even more recently, I still struggle. I'm still a guy that has temptations in my life. I'm still a guy that flies off the handle sometimes. I'm a guy that doesn't get everything right. Why? Because I'm a human being. But I was trying to do everything in my own strength. In my head, I knew who Jesus was. In my head, I knew that I was forgiven. But my heart didn't connect. And I was lacking. I was lacking. And I want to talk to you today, as it says uh, in the brochure, about someone, not something, someone called the Holy Spirit. You see, when Jesus went from, from earth to heaven, when Jesus was raised to life, He does something remarkable. He says, I'm not going to leave you on your own to work this stuff out. I'm going to send a helper. And you're not going to get it right all the time, but my helper, the Holy Spirit, is going to change everything for you. It's going to change everything for you. And I want to just take you on a little bit of a journey in seeing how the Holy Spirit first engages with Jesus, then engages with some of the friends of Jesus, and then starts to change people's lives that are even further than that. And I want to land this morning by saying this, that if you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, then we're going to turn a rusty old bike going up a hill into a Ferrari going down a hill. That's what's going to be happening in the room a little bit later on. And the beautiful thing is with the Holy Spirit as well, is that you you don't just have like one encounter, you know, he dwells in us. We've not got to try and call him into the room today. He's here. He's here right now. Why? Because the Bible teaches us that he dwells within us. Uh, And so if you've been filled with the Holy Spirit, we're also going to be just praying just for a greater anointing so that when you guys go back into life, you know that you're not doing it on your own. You know that you're not going back, just going to try hard to stop doing all this stuff. But you're going to go back and walk as a son, as a daughter, with the help of a holy God and his spirit. All right? Is that okay? Great. Okay, so first of all, let's take, um, there's this guy in the Bible, you might have heard of him, called Jesus. He's a good guy. Blank faces. Great. I'm pleased that you get excited about the person of Jesus. He's a big deal, you know. He's done a good thing for us. And it says this uh, in the Bible. Loads of people are getting baptized in water. You might have seen that in church. Maybe you've never seen it before. Uh, But people were getting baptized in this river. uh, And it was a baptism of repentance. So they were going down into the river They're going into the river and out, and it was them saying that I'm washing, being washed clean by a holy God. And Jesus does this. It says, when all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form 
like a dove. And a voice came from heaven and said this, You are my son with whom I am well pleased. I just want to start by saying when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit helps you understand that you are a child of God. We've been talking about that a little bit in the 15 to 19. So the Spirit of God helps affirm when God speaks to you and says, you're my boy, you're my girl. The Bible teaches us that the Holy Spirit testifies to our spirit that we may cry, Abba, Father. That we can shout out, you're my dad. I get it. There's something that goes in here. It's not just a head knowledge. The Holy Spirit enables us to understand. It affirms our adoption with him. Just in the next chapter, it says, Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit. And he left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. So he's filled with the Holy Spirit. And he's sort of thinking, well, why why is Jesus, A, being baptized uh, in water? Because I, I thought you just said that that was a thing of being cleaned up by God. Listen, this seminar isn't about this, but if you've given your life to Jesus and haven't been baptized, Jesus was baptized to help us understand that it's important that we do it. If it's good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for me. Jesus went into the waters not because he was a sinner. He went to help us understand that it's important for us to publicly declare that we want to follow Jesus. To go down into the waters of baptism, to die with Christ, and to be raised with him as we come out of the waters. And in that moment, the Holy Spirit comes upon Jesus as he's praying. And from that moment on, Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit. He heard things. He was taken places. He was prompted to do certain things. You see, we've heard some stuff about Jesus before that in terms of his birth. We don't really hear an awful lot about him growing up. There's a couple of moments when he's a young boy praying in the temple, talking with people that are much older than him and and know so much more than him. But the ministry of Jesus, it says, then kicks off when he's around the age of 30, filled with the Holy Spirit. So there's something that happens in the life of Jesus. He was empowered. So he's affirmed by the Father. He's then empowered by the Holy Spirit to do great things. And it's important that we understand this. The Holy Spirit, my experience of him is that he comforts me. He speaks to me. He leads me. Just recently, I was walking along. We've just moved um, up to London, to southeast London, me and my wife. And I've got two little boys, one called Danny and one called Caleb. And it's been a real tough time, you know, the last few years for us as a family. And I was, I was walking through Peckham to see a mate of mine. So I got off the bus up the top, New Cross, and I'm walking up through Peckham to see a friend. And God says to me, in my heart, it wasn't like an audible thing, but God says to me, by the Holy Spirit, I want you to move to the city and preach the gospel. That was about nine months ago, uh, and after not me convincing my wife, but God convincing my wife, uh, we're in southeast London. We moved two weeks ago, uh, so we've been there for about a week. The rest of the time we've lived in New Day, uh, and we heard the Holy Spirit, and we've moved. Now, I don't have a clue what really that's going to look like. Uh, We're joining Emmanuel Church in Greenwich and New Cross and joining those guys there. Um, I've got no idea what it's going to look like, but I'm trusting God because the God that I know is faithful. He prompted me, want to be obedient to him. As a family, we want to be obedient to him. And we know that he empowers us to do great things. So we're going to preach the gospel in the city uh, and we're going to see what happens. So that was Jesus. Moving on. Jesus had a few mates. Now I want you to understand this. When we talk about Jesus' mates, 
So we talk about the disciples. Sometimes you think about these guys that used to follow Jesus around with big bushy ears, ears, beards, not ears, big bushy beards with like staffs and cloaks and all that kind of stuff. And they were just these holy guys. Listen, when we talk about the disciples, they were just ordinary men like you and me. They were a proper misfit bunch. You had people there that were fishermen. They would have had like big hands with cuts all over them. It was hard graft. It's like the modern day labourer. You know, it was just these guys were hard workers up at the crack of dawn. If they didn't catch fish, if they didn't sell fish, then they weren't going to be eating that day. You had people that were doctors in that group. You had people that were tax collectors. The tax collectors were absolutely hated by the whole of society. They were turncoats. Basically, they were robbing off their own people to line their own pockets. So the crew that Jesus was hanging around with, they're not these like holier-than-thou bearded men that are walking around hovering above because they're so holy. These are a bunch of misfit guys. Some of the ladies that Jesus kicked about with were ex-prostitutes that left that world behind to follow Jesus. These are the friends that we're talking about. So if you're sat here today sort of thinking, this is a story, this is a message for people that are holy, the whole point is that all of us fall short of the glory of God. None of us are perfect. All of us have got a story. The truth of the message is that the only way that that story changes and gets cleaned up is through the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I need you to understand that. Because before Jesus goes to heaven, Jesus says something to his mates. He says, I want you to go into the world and I want you to tell the world about me. And that's what ultimately this seminar stream is about. You see, the seminar stream that you're engaging with isn't like a self-help thing. It's not like come along here so we can stroke your arm and you feel better about all the mistakes that you've made in your life. That's not the purpose of Jesus. The purpose of Jesus for your life is that you will be saved and in his grace and in his mercy, he is going to use you to change planet earth by sharing the love that you have received. And Jesus says this to his mates. He says, listen, before you go and start telling people about me, don't leave Jerusalem. He gives them a command. Let me read it to you. It says this in Acts 1. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for what a gift that my father has promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized by the Holy Spirit. Let me just say that again. So Jesus is speaking to his mates, just as I'm speaking to you, and he says this. Do not leave Jerusalem. Guys, I want to say this to you, do not leave New Day, but wait for the gift that my Father has promised you, which you heard me speak about, John baptized with water, in a few days you will be baptized by the Holy Spirit. Now listen to this, it was a command. Jesus wasn't saying, go out into the world and see how you get on, and if you feel like it, one day you might receive this gift of the Holy Spirit. Jesus says, listen, if you're serious about following me, if you really want to make a difference out there in the world, if you don't want to be someone with the flak jacket and the crash helmet on, just trying to survive through life, then listen, I've got a command for you. Not if you feel like it, I've got a command for you. You wait and you get filled with the Holy Spirit because he's going to empower you to do great things. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together. This is Jesus' mates. And they were in one place. And then suddenly a sound like a blowing of violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. 
And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. They were staying in Jerusalem. A God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven were there. And when they heard this sound, a crowd started to form around them in bewilderment. So all this noise is taking place and they're all sort of speaking out in these other languages. And there's a crowd. It's like us all starting to shout out and people start to look in from outside in the rest of New Day. Utterly amazed, they say, are all these speaking, uh, are all these the ones who are speaking Galileans? How then do they know our own language? So they basically were speaking in their own language and connecting with people from different nations. But listen, some made fun of them and they said they've had too much wine, they're drunk. And then Peter stands up with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews, all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. I mean, some of us have seen people drunk at nine in the morning, I know. But back in the day, obviously, that wasn't a thing. And listen to this. This is a, this is a prophecy in a book called Joel. So this guy called Joel prophesied. And Peter, and Peter was a fisherman. So we need to understand he's a laborer. He's not gone to like leadership training. He's not had like preaching help from his mates. He's not been sort of sat in the front row of church thinking, oh, one day when I'm older, I'm going to be a preacher and speak to people. He's not had coaching in terms of speaking to large number of crowds. But this guy, the fisherman, starts to address this big crowd. And he says this, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Just for the record, ladies and gentlemen, you are included in all people emergency interesting your sons and daughters they're going to prophesy your young men will see visions your old men will dream dreams and even on my servants both men and women I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below blood and fire and billows of smoke, the sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Peter speaks this. It says just a few verses on that in that day, 3,000 people came to know Jesus Christ, gave their lives to Jesus and were baptized. Because Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit, empowered to deliver a message. Peter couldn't go around and like open their spiritual eyes. He couldn't force them to believe in Jesus. But empowered by the Holy Spirit, he was able to see incredible things. This man then went on to start building and starting churches. He was a man that stood in front of uh, great rulers. He kept preaching. He kept doing amazing things. This is the fisherman that just a few years ago was like a known one. Nobody knew who he was. No one trained him in being a leader. No one trained him in being a preacher. But Jesus got hold of him, cleaned him up. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. And he was part of a movement that has kept on going and will continue to keep going to the very end of the age until Jesus comes again. The call of God on your life is to be part of that. Now, for some of you, it's going to be preaching the gospel. For some of you, you're sort of sat there thinking, I'd love to do that. But quite frankly, there's no way I can do that. Fine. But if the Holy Spirit's telling you that's what you're going to do, let me encourage you. 
Just go for it. He'll give you courage. He'll give you faith. For some of you, he's going to move you. He's going to say, I want you to go to the other side of the world. I want you to get hands on in communities that aren't in this nation. Filled with the Spirit. Spoken to, directed, protected, empowered. You're going to go and do great things. For some of you, it's to stay right where you are. And I don't mean on this carpet. That would be a bit weird if you just carried on walking around Norfolk Showground for the rest of the year and the rest of your life. You're called to stay in your community. You're called to be a man or a woman that loves the people next door to you. That gets alongside the vulnerable. That starts to speak into this culture, this popular so-called culture that we've been hearing about this week and saying, I'm going to make a stand in my neighbourhood and I'm going to make a difference. I'm going to start praying. I'm going to pray behind the scenes, but I'm going to start praying for people as well. And I'm expecting that God is going to start moving and that people will come to faith in Jesus Christ. For some of you, you're called into certain industries to be influencers. For some of you, you're just called to to be on uh, building sites and in construction. For some of you, doctors, nurses, teachers. It could be anything. The beautiful thing is this, is that God has a perfect plan for you to be part of the greatest game-changing news that takes place on planet Earth, and that's Jesus Christ. The message of Jesus, who died on the cross, who is risen, but he does not want you to go it alone. And so filled with the Holy Spirit, the disciples did something remarkable, and it just went out like wildfire, and it's been going ever since. And so guys, I want to encourage you, and I don't really even want to say that much more. I've got some other things, but to be honest, like there's nothing for me to say other than to convince you that Jesus has poured out his Holy Spirit in these days for all those who call upon the name of Jesus. It's for you. The gift of the Father is for you. Holy Spirit, he's for you. I want to encourage you that as you've heard what you've heard, it isn't about going home and trying your best. Going uphill on that rusty bike. That's not the life that God's calling you to do. God says, I want to empower you. You need to know that I'm with you to do great things. And so I'm going to just ask a question. And it's a question that Paul, so there's this guy called Paul. Some of you would have heard about him in the New Testament, in the Bible. And he gets to some certain believers and, uh, and he says to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit? They say, we, don't, we haven't even heard of the Holy Spirit. And Paul's a little bit like, you what? What are you talking about? He's like, well, what, what baptism have you received? They say, well, we've received the baptism of John. And he's like, okay, you need to receive the Holy Spirit. And I want to say that to you today. That the head knowledge needs to go to the heart. Courage needs to be birthed in this place. You can't manufacture that. The Holy of Holies, the one that we've been hearing about all through the week, he wants to engage with you close up and personal. The Bible says that we're like a living temple. We are the living temple where God dwells, and, and that means you. Whoever you are, however old you are, whatever background you've got, if you believe in Jesus, this gift is for you. It's for you. And he's going to help you, and he's going to change you. He's going to help you say no to certain stuff. He's going to help you get free from certain stuff. But not just that. He's going to help you stand. He's going to help you advance the kingdom. He's going to help you be a proclaimer of God's word in all kinds of different ways. 
So I want to start by praying for two groups of people. And we're going to get straight into it. Because as I say, it's not about me, it's about him. And the first is, if, if you're sat here and you're like, I know Jesus. I know him. And just like my story, it's like, I've always really known him. I've always wanted to really to live for him. But I'm, ultimately, I'm quite scared. I give it all that, and I've got a nice mask. But really, I'm, I'm scared. I don't want to stand up in front of my mates and be different. I find it really difficult to do that. He wants to come to you today and say, I'm going to empower you to stand, to be different, to not worry about what people think, but worry about what I think. I want to start by praying for those of you that have never received the gift that the Father promises. So I just wonder if, if everyone can just close your eyes and where you are right now for everything that you've heard this week, and I don't just mean in this seminar venue, I just mean... Just, just everything that you've heard about God this week. God the Father, God the, Fa- the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, this gift is for you. If you've never received the Holy Spirit, and you want to receive the Holy Spirit right now for the first time, I'd love you just to stand up right where you are, and we're going to pray for you. And then we're going to pray for some other guys as well. My friends are going to join me, and we're just going to start to to speak into certain situations and certain people's lives. So if you've never received the Holy Spirit before and you want to receive the Spirit for the very first time, then why don't you just stand up and be brave in doing that. And just as these guys stand up, let's just keep our eyes closed um, just for a moment. Guys, well done. Uh, I don't want you to concentrate on me. I just want you just to concentrate on your Heavenly Father. So just close your eyes and pray. You don't have to do anything. This isn't about a feeling. It's not like you don't have to assume a certain position or anything like that. Just one the ministry team. Can we just get around these guys? And I'm just going to pray from the front and then you guys can continue to pray for them. Let's just move quickly, guys, so that I can get praying. So if we can get to these guys in the middle here, that'd be brilliant. If you're still wanting prayer, just put your hand in the air. Great, let's pray. Father God, I want to thank you so much for your son, Jesus Christ. I thank you that he came from heaven to earth, that he died, and that he has risen from the grave. Thank you. Thank you that you have adopted us. And I thank you, God, that you did not leave us here on earth alone. That you didn't just abandon us and say, I'm going to go and now you try your hardest to keep going. But you poured out the gift of the Holy Spirit. We love you, Holy Spirit. We need you, Holy Spirit. And I just pray now for my dear brothers and sisters who have just stood for the very first time. I pray in Jesus' name that they would be filled with your Spirit. I pray that there'd be a a deep knowing, a deep knowing in their hearts that they are adopted by a heavenly Father. I pray you'd fill them up, Lord God. I pray you'd empower them. I pray you'd lead them, Holy Spirit. Thank you so much for this great gift, Father God. I pray for my brothers and sisters that their lives would never, ever be the same again. 
never be the same again as they encounter you and engage you. We pray just fill them up right now in Jesus' name. The guys are just going to continue praying for you, so just keep receiving from him. just want to start speaking to a few others of you in the room. The Bible says that we should be filled with the Holy Spirit and that we should go on being filled with the Holy Spirit. For some of you, life's just dry. <laughs> you sort of say, yeah, I'm a Christian, but you're really struggling, you're really battling. Do you know God's not angry with you? He's not angry with you. You turn back to him, he's not frowning, he's not going to slap you down, he's not going to say you didn't get it all right. And particularly I want to speak to those of you that just, you're living lives to impress other people. And you've heard that said maybe loads of times this week, and you're just living these lives that are just like, do you know what, I, I find it really difficult even just to tell people that I'm a Christian, let alone stand my ground. And when I'm talking about people like Peter, and the other guys, and the the ladies that were around Jesus, you're sort of like, well, that's sort of me, I'm like a nobody. How can I make a difference? How can I really stand my ground? I want to speak to those of you that just feel like I want to be empowered, I want to feel confident in front of my friends to say, do you know what, I believe in Jesus and I'm proud of it. Do you know what, I am going to say no to this, I am going to say no to that, and I'm okay because I ain't living for you, I'm living for him. And if that's you, right where you are now, if you want to make a stand in your school, in your college group, in your friendship group, and you just feel weak, and you feel vulnerable, and you feel dry, and you feel like, I can't do it on my own, then join the club. None of us can. So why don't you just stand where you are, if you just need that empowering to be like, I want to be different amongst my mates. I want to live a different life. I want to stand out from the crowd. I want to be proud of the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, thank you that you're here. Thank you that you're doing a good work already. I thank you for my dear brothers and sisters. And I pray now in Jesus' name that you would come and rush upon them. I pray in the name of Jesus. I pray great confidence to come. I pray for a pride a pride in the name of Jesus to be birthed. I pray, Holy Spirit, that as you come upon these dear ones, Lord, that you would take them so deep in the truth of who you are that they want to get on top of roofs and shout your name. Lord, that they want to go back to school and say, do you know, I am a Christian, I'm proud of it. And if you can't cope with that, then so be it. I pray an empowering of your spirit, an empowering of your Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. And those of you that have just stood... Again, you're not just waiting for for a feeling. Just keep concentrating on Jesus. Keep allowing him to speak to you and minister to you. Allow him to speak to you. Holy Spirit, speak. Start to speak. I pray for leaders in this room to be released. I pray for CUs to start as a result of this. I pray for fire to come in schools and colleges where hundreds would come to know Jesus. Lord, we pray that industry would be impacted. I pray that churches would be started and missionaries sent and all of the above in the name of Jesus Christ. Just keep receiving. The guys are going to just keep uh, playing from the front. I'm just going to open the mic to my friends uh, who are just going to particularly speak to some of you that are standing, but also to those of you that are still sitting. Don't disengage. Keep concentrating. If you know Jesus, if you've been filled with the Spirit, Use this time, this precious time, just to allow him to be speaking to you, because he's here. 
allow him to speak to you. So let's just keep concentrating on Jesus.